You are now listening to Grinding True Crime Podcast with your host, Maddie Matt, Todd Fox, and Gabby Gap. Police have identified more victims and plan on more than just the four murder charges filed today. Confirm earlier reports of cannibalism. The building was a scene of ghoulish slaughter. A large kettle on the stove which held boiled body parts. Identified more victims and killed even more. Plan on more than just the four murder charges filed today. Had sex with some of his victims before he killed them. And that he was also a necrophiliac. <laughs> Hey, 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 welcome to another episode of the Grinding True Crime Podcast with your host, Maddie Matt, along with Todd Fox. And today, narrating will be Gabby Gab. That's right, but before we get into our story, we want to let you guys know where you can find us. You can find us on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube. Just type in Grinding True Crime. There you can follow our page, like our page, leave a comment on our page, and we'll get back to you as soon as possible. If you want to listen to us on your podcast stream, you can always go to Podbean. Podbean, sorry, Spotify, Anchor, iTunes, Pandora, Podvine, and Zencaster. And for those listening to us outside of the U.S., continue to listen to us on Radio Public, Breaker, Pocket Cast, and Podchaser. If you like what you hear and you want to support what we do, you can always leave a Patreon on our Podbean account. We have a Patreon. So if you want to uh, support us, you can do that there. Click the link. Click the link. Listener's discretion is always advised because we do get into details that can be graphic and not suitable for certain audience, so we do advise you. Okay, I think we broke down everything. With all that being said, we're going to turn the floor over to Gabby Gab as she breaks down her story for us today. Gabby, you have the floor! Alrighty. My story, we're going to be talking about Audrey Marie Fraser. I don't know if you guys have heard that name. <sighs> no. Doesn't ring a bell. No? Okay. Well, let me tell you a little bit about her. She was born on June 4th, 1933. Dang, we're going back. She would have been, what, my grandma was 33 or was she 31? So that means she's in her 90s. Yeah, she's in her 90s. She was born in Blue Mountain area of Anniston, Alabama. Her parents were Lucille and Huey Fraser. On May 8th, 1951, she married Frank Hilly. And they had two kids together, Mike and Carol. There's not much background on her life, so that's pretty much all you get from her. Okay. <laughs> her husband, Frank, had a very well-paying job, and she was a secretary. So their incomes combined was enough to have a decent, comfortable life. But Frank did not have very good spending habits. As expected, that led to friction in the marriage. Hmm. And unknown to Frank, what do you guys think she was doing? To get extra money because Ooh. of his habits. Let's see. 1933. 1950s. Oh, in the 1950s. Let's, uh, I'm going to say she was uh, being a little frisky and prostituting. Prostituting? Yeah. Uh, I would say she has um, probably, what's that, what's that called when you, when you steal things? Is it klepto? Oh, klepto. Yeah. Yeah. What? Kleptomaniac? Klepto. There's someone that's constantly stealing. You're a klepto. Oh. Okay, well, Todd, you're off. Uh-huh. Maddie Matt got a little closer. Hey, that's good enough. 
I mean, yeah, you could probably label it as prostitution, but what she was doing is that she was having a lot of sex with her bosses. Oh. In exchange for either getting money from them or a better and more positive evaluation at work. You know what? It did pay to be a manager or a boss back wow. in the 50s. I'm just saying. Dude, speaking of that, I didn't realize in the show Forrest Gump, I was young when I watched it, but that opening <laughs> clip it, it, it just reminded me of that. No, yeah, I like I like when Forrest is like, yeah, you make sounds like, uh, uh, uh. <laughs> Little did he know. Wow. We're playing leapfrog. Exactly. <laughs> so one day, anyway... <laughs> One day, <laughs> both her husband and their son, Mike, started suffering from mysterious illness issues. Ooh. The doctor attributed Mike's problems to being from the flu. But once he had left the house for a seminar, all the symptoms he had just mirac- miraculously went away. Ooh. In 1975, Frank returned home from work early because he was feeling sick. And when he got home, he found Audrey in bed with her boss. Oh! So he seeked advice from their son, actually. And then from an ordained minister to help him figure out what he was going to do about her. In May of the same year, Mike paid his family a visit. And he did mention later on that when he came back home, he again started feeling sick after eating and drinking whatever was at home at his parents' house. He became suspicious and he left. Once he left, Frank started downgrading with his health. He was complaining of abdomen ten- tenderness and nausea, and he was diagnosed with a stomach virus. As you guys can expect, his condition didn't improve. Because of the persistent symptoms, he was admitted to the hospital, and the test indicated that his liver was malfunctioning. They diagnosed him with infectious hepatitis. Mm. And he died in the early morning of May 25th. Dang. That quick? That quick. Damn. Whew. So, I'm shocked about this. I don't know if it's going to shock you guys too when you find out the story later on. But she approved an autopsy to be done on him. Oh, wow. The results revealed that he had swelling of the kidneys and lungs, bilateral pneumonia, and inflammation of the stomach. Because the symptoms do resemble hepatitis... That was listed to be the cause of death, and they didn't do any further tests on him. Okay. Yeah, see, that does surprise me because obviously it's smelling like poison, you mm-hmm. know, like of some sort. And obviously, smart detective Todd. Yeah, I'm just saying. Like, <laughs> usually, right away, the fa- you know the guilty party would be like cremation. <laughs> That's true. That's why I was shocked. Yeah. Yeah, it smells like poison, too. Sounds like uh, someone sprinkled something inside of his uh, intestines. Sprinkled something. (laughs) How do you sprinkle something in someone's intestines? Hey, hey. Matt just makes an incision. (laughs) Makes an incision. A little dash of poison. There we go. Shake it all around. The Wicked Witch of the West. Pour. Hey. And sprinkle it. Sprinkle it. (laughs) Call it a day. Wow, full-blown surgery. Wow. Um... Here's the thing. When he actually started getting sick, the husband, Frank, Audrey had taken out a life insurance policy on him. Yep. So she received $31,140 after his death. 31000 You want to kill him for 31000 Well, it was back then in the in day. In the 70s. So that was probably equivalent to probably about a couple of hundred thousand over here. Maybe. 
I guess in that time, you know, the houses were not as expensive. You could buy a house with that probably yeah. easily. Yeah. Three years later, Audrey took out an insurance policy also on their daughter, Carol, for 25000 Dang, so that's she's sitting on 55 racks. Well, no, yeah. she took it out on her, but she Carol's alive. Oh, okay. Oh, she put a policy yes. on. Oh, okay, got it, got it, got it. A $25,000 rider took effect if she had an accidental death. Oh, Lord. And she took that other, the rider, she put it on the insurance in August of 1978. Mm. A few months passed, and now Carol was having symptoms of nausea. The daughter? The daughter. And she was admitted to the emergency room for several times. A year after she actually filled out that policy for Carol... Audrey started injecting her with medication that she said was going to help her get better with her nausea. What the freak? Her symptoms worsened and now she was feeling numbness all over her body and her extremities. Doctors ran tests but no diseases were found. Her doctor started to think that maybe it was psychosomatic, so he referred her to a psychiatrist. Mm. She was sent to Birmingham, Alabama's Caraway Methodist Hospital. While she was staying at the hospital, her mother secretly was still giving her injections and told her to not be saying anything to the doctors about the shots she was giving her. What? Wow. Yes. It took a month after being admitted to the hospital for them to finally find something wrong with her. Mm-hmm. So four weeks in, they still had no idea what was going on with her. While her body's probably taking a turn for the worse at the same time, right? Yep. Well, I mean, at this point, she can hardly move her arms and legs, and she's numb. Well, it's safe to say that we kind of have an idea of what's going on with that family. But she never was like, okay, you're giving me these injections, I'm not getting better, Mom? She didn't question her mother. She was extremely loyal to her mother. Her mother knew what she was doing. God. So, the doctor said that she was malnutritioned and deficient in various vitamins, and then he said that he suspected that she had heavy metal poisoning, and that that was the reason for her symptoms. Audrey panicked, because she realized they're, you know, they're catching on, and she decided to get her daughter discharged that same afternoon. Oh, oh my goodness. So, she said, no way you're going to catch me, let her out. The following day, however, she was admitted again to the Alabama hospital. And coincidentally, Audrey was arrested for writing bad checks that were for the same policy that she took out on Carol. And that mess caused the policy to lapse. So she did all that poisoning for no reason. So it seems. Yeah. Yeah, so it seems. Well, as far as now, that policy she took out on her daughter was no longer valid. Mm So... During that time, Mike, thinking back about his visit and what he was feeling every time he showed up at that house, Mm -hmm. he figured he's going to start asking some questions now and do his own little investigation. Mike is the doctor? The son. Oh, okay. The son. So Mike took advantage of her being arrested, and he ended up calling and questioning his sister on what was happening. So he calls Carol, and he directly asked her, if mom had been injecting anything to her. Now, like I told you, Carol is very loyal to her mother. So what do you think she said? Oh, 
based on that analysis, I, I'm going to say that she said no, she has not. Or that she just, that the mom's like totally innocent. She hasn't done nothing. She's been doing nothing but caring for her. Well, you guys are both right. She denied her mother ever doing anything. She said, no, she's been taking care of me. And since she kept the promise of not saying anything about the medication, she told him no. And that's interesting because kids have a special bond with their moms, no matter what. And Well, some kids, some, some moms can be very, you know, can be dirtbags. But in this case, she was one. But some kids still have that loyalty no matter what. And that sucks. That loyalty is costing her her health. Well, mm-hmm. yeah, because most kids don't expect to. I mean, you expect. I mean, if you're a smart kid, you know, you're taught that the outside world is out there to harm you. Mm-hmm. Always be on the lookout. You're not looking inside your home thinking, I've got to watch my mom and my dad, my brother, and my sister. Absolutely. So when it's something like that, like. Yeah, you have full trust of your family because why would they do harm to you? Yep. Yeah, definitely. Oh, this is going to suck. But her brother told her his experience of when he went back to visit before their dad died, what the dad was experiencing and what he was experiencing, and how shockingly everything disappeared when he left home. Mm. So he insisted, and finally he convinced Carol to tell them the truth, and she did admit that she had been injecting medicine for her nausea. Mm. So he immediately alerted the doctors and the physician started to focus on the heavy metal poisoning. They noticed that her hands and her feet were numb. She had nerve palsy causing foot drop and she had lost most of her deep tendon reflexes. Dang. They also noticed that she had lines on her nails, which is a big sign of heavy metal poisoning. And you know what else? Mm. On October 3rd, 1979, the Alabama Department of Forensic Sciences conducted tests on samples of her hair and found that she did have arsenic levels ranging from Dang. over 100 times the normal level. Dang. See, I thought it would... Yeah. See, that's even more shocking with the autopsy because they could find arsenic pretty fast. You know, like, like you know, if, the, if there's any kind of poisoning, they always look for arsenic. Mm-hmm. So. Well, see, because of the dad's symptoms pointing to hepatitis, they weren't really looking for poisoning in his mm. body. They just took the easy route. Well, they took what they realized was there. Like his organs swelling, his stomach, all of that stuff. Hepatitis does that to you. Yeah. So it, to them, given everything that they had already checked on him, I mean, it, it was that that killed him. So they did a good, they, they did in investigate i mean they did do the autopsy but they Mm -hmm. didn't thoroughly investigate his they didn't look for anything different yeah they were like yep that's the sign hepatitis Mm. mark it so her levels like i said were 100 times more than a normal level on close to the scalp it was zero times the normal level at the end of the hair shaft so close to the head it was high at the ends of the hair it was low Mm. So that showed them, that indicated that she had been giving, um, given increasingly larger doses of arsenic over a period of four to eight months. What? So this woman started with small. She started little by little. And then So that it wasn't noticeable. And gradually she was giving her more and more. So those injections were laced with arsenic. And that's the mother? That's the mother. Mm, mm, mm. 
You know, it's crazy. I just heard a case the other day where, not to go off subject, but they say arsenic smells like almonds. And really? Yeah. And like, like almost like a burnt almond. And this one person had so much arsenic in them when they did the autopsy that when they made the, 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 the cut on the chest, the arsenic smell came out of the chest. Ooh. Like, like the smell of almonds. And, and so like right away they were like, oh, yeah, this person's been poisoned. So, I didn't know that. Yeah, I didn't know that either. There, there's a smell to it. That is crazy. Yeah. I thought it smelled like nothing. Oh, burnt almonds. People are still getting poisoned with arsenic now. Oh yeah, Jeez. because there's some there's people will get them from the Midwest, especially because farmers use that to kill rodents mm-hmm. and stuff mm-hmm. like that. So it's sold as is normally. And most of these cases, like the one you're bringing up, isn't she from the Midwest or, or Alabama? Alabama. Yeah. So so. It was more prevalent. You can get it more areas, but nowadays it's mostly the Midwest. So there mm. are those arsenic poisonings still going on right now. Damn. That sucks. A slow death like that. That's terrible. So Oof. what do you guys think happened after the doctors had found out that she had been being poisoned? Well, I hope they're now that they know how to uh, or what it is, what it is, they can possibly cure her. So I'm gonna say they were able to save her. Are you you're saying about it? Uh, as far as to how the events unfold. Oh, okay. Oh, oh okay. Go ahead. Oh, I'm hoping that, like with Matt, I'll agree <laughs> that, that they're able to save her or at least, you know, uh, save some of her the way that her body was deflating. But I'm hoping that they're able to uh, not be Johnsons and actually <laughs> prosecute. Did you say deflating? Yeah. I, I, <laughs> he did say it. Yeah, the wrong choice of words. <laughs> I agree with him, except for the deflating part. <laughs> I, I meant deteriorating, not deflating. She's, she's not a balloon. Sorry. Well, Officer Johnson, you oh. are a Johnson because you. <laughs> hey, she's deflating over here. Someone will get her some air. I was expecting uh, Detective Todd to have a light bulb, you know. <laughs> They figured we need to exhume her father's body. Oh. Ah. <laughs> I didn't think of that. So Frank Hilly's body was exhumed and examined, and his body showed from 10 to 100 times more arsenic than normal levels as well. Oh, yeah. yeah. Don't you got to get permission, though, from the family member to do that, though, before you do She's that? In jail for being a fraud. No, no, no. I'm not saying so, from yeah. her. But well, I'm yeah. Saying, like, the children would definitely give permission for okay. that. Well, well, not only that, but they can get a court order. Yeah. Too. Oh, okay. Yeah. All right. Yeah, because now she's committing a crime against her daughter. They have to they do have that. To they have to. Okay. Yep. So, it was concluded that both Frank and Carol were suffering from chronic arsenic poisoning with Frank's being fatal. Mm. Audrey was incarcerated on the charges from the bad checks when she was arrested on October 9th for the attempted murder of her daughter, Carol. The story is not over, though. Wait, what? Twists. Oh, I like twists. (laughs) Do the twists. The Uh, police in Aniston... Oh, sorry, what? I was going to say, I like donuts that are twists. (laughs) Ooh, donut. I want one. (laughs) Really? (laughs) (laughs) The police in Aniston, Alabama, found a vial in her purse, and after testing it, they discovered that it was, in fact, arsenic. Two weeks later, Frank's sister found a jar of rat poison that contained 1.4 mm-hmm. to 1.5 arsenic. You called it. On November 9, Jesus, November, always, 
Yeah. Oh, November November's. 9. It's your people. <laughs> your peoples. <laughs> Audrey was released on bail. Get out. And she ended up staying at a motel under a different name. And then what do you think happens? <sighs> she skipped town. I'm going to say that since she knows the jig is up, she's going to fake her identity and change her hair and go somewhere else. Good job, detective. She disappeared. Mm. Her dumbass, though. Sorry for the word. <laughs> she thought she could stop people from looking for her by leaving a note saying that she had been kidnapped. Wow. That's a brilliant strategy. That's a, very, very much. Do you think they were Johnsons? Probably. Well, she's gone. <laughs> hey, it, depends on, sh- it depends on if one of those Johnsons she slept with. Then maybe. Oh, gosh. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Then he probably was like, yeah, let's let her go. <laughs> <laughs> well, there were no Johnsons. Okay, good. Oh, that's good. No Johnsons. She was still listed as a fugitive. They didn't fall for that stupid. She got kidnapped. No. On November 19th, there was a burglary at Audrey's aunt's house. Mm. Her car, some clothes, and an overnight bag were stolen. Mm. There was a note left there as well. (laughs) It read, do not call the police. We will burn you out if you do. We found what we wanted and we will not bother you again. (laughs) Oh, well, she's she's definitely (laughs) smart. I'll give her that. That's smart. He's being sarcastic. I know, I know. That's what I'm saying. It's basically saying, come get me. (laughs) I did it. I was not kidnapped. I was not kidnapped. (laughs) I did not burglarize this house. That's like when your kid goes, Daddy, I didn't steal the cookies from the jar that you you found that was open this morning. Basically ratting on themselves. (laughs) Pretty much. Where was it? That cabinet? But it wasn't me. Yeah, it wasn't me. Let me tell you something. Ain't no robber going to rob someone's house and take a duffel bag, some clothes, and whatever goodies she needed to get on, go on a run. And then no, write a note. And then write a note and say, hey, don't look for me. <laughs> we got what we needed. Everything's okay. Mm-hmm. Stop it. Yeah. <laughs> so on January 11th, 1980, this was November 19th. We're in January, and this woman has not been found. Well, she's a good hire. 1980, she was indicted, although absent, on her husband's murder. Mm. But more things were coming out after that. I'm coming out. What do you guys think happened after that? Just an idea of what might be going on. (laughs) What did you say? Nothing. Nothing. Just laughing at me. Just keep going. Keep going. Oh, what do you think happened next? Okay. I'm going there's to, more stuff. There's, mm-hmm. there's more stuff about the, her family or about her? I'm not telling you. Ah. Okay, she's out on bond. She's on the run. I'm going to say she links up with another man somehow, some way, and I don't know. She starts poisoning this guy. Mm. I thought you were going to go the route of wanting to hear what dirty little things she was getting involved with. Mm. <laughs> uh, no, um, I'm going to say she gets caught by doing something stupid. Okay. Well, what happened is that investigators found that both her mother and her mother-in-law, Carrie Hilly, had significant but not fatal traces of arsenic in their system when they died. Wait, her, wait, her mother? Her mother and her mother-in-law. Oh, wow. I can I'm not going to say I can see I can see why the mother-in-law because, you know, that's not her um, mom and then she had so much she clearly hated her husband, so I can see that, but 
your own mother seriously so everybody was getting checked out at this point dang one of carol's friends her daughter's friend an 11 year old named sonia marcel gibson who had an undetermined cause of death was also exhumed for testing on hers they found that she had normal levels of arsenic Mm. But she was one of many neighborhood children who had fallen ill after having a drink at the Hilly House. So she was just poisoning everybody. Or she poisoned everything they had in the house. So everything that they were eating. Wow. Like whatever food she left out for her family, it was poisoned. Did she have plans on everybody? I doesn't say. I think the only one that she did for was the husband and the daughter. So Mike was already out of the house, and I think she knew she he was already figuring it out. So whoever was there otherwise is collateral damage. Mm-hmm. So basically, it's safe to say that anyone who came to that house, if you got a cup of water, that could have been... Yeah. That Everybody last. would become ill. Good Lord. Uh, one given time, Audrey called the police after a disturbance of some kind, and two officers who came into the house to investigate had also come down with nausea and abdominal pain after they drank the coffee she gave them. Hey man, stay away from the hilly, the hill, whatever her name the is. Hilly house, Audrey. Whatever, Audrey. <laughs> okay, so then all the other stuff she did, obviously is bad, but that's now attempted murder. They're gonna take that as attempted murder yeah, of a God peace damn. officer. Yeah, so goddamn right. Right there, that should be enough. So they, they were police and FBI launched a massive search to find her, but how long do you guys think they did not succeed for? How long do you guys think <sighs> she was on, on the, the run? run? Okay, it's 1980. Uh, carry the two. Minus one. <laughs> the I'm going to say... She, <laughs> this guy. She was, I'm going to say she succeeded five years. She was on the run for five years. I say mid-90s because she probably fooled him by saying, I am not in California. Ain't no way. Ain't no and way. she's in then. California. Ain't no way no Johnson. <laughs> so you're going to say 15 years? Yeah, I'm going to say 15. Okay, you're both off. Matt's the closest. She was on the run for more than three years. Oh, okay. See, that's still, still long enough. Yeah, that's a long that time. That is a long time. Yeah. You start a new life in three years. She probably did. So she had traveled to Florida where she met a man named John Greenleaf Homan III. Mm. Mm. Or Homan, I don't know how you Sounds say it. rich. This is going to piss you off. Oh, Lord. Okay? So she already abused that family she had, okay? Mm-hmm. She was using the name Robbie Hannon. They lived together for over a year, and then she married him on May 29, 1981. Mm. She took his last name. They moved to New Hampshire after being married, and she would talk about an imaginary twin sister, Terry, who supposedly lived in Texas. So she already starting to lie to this man. Late summer of 1982, she left New Hampshire telling her husband that she needed to attend to family business and see some doctors about a supposed illness. During that time, she traveled to Texas and Florida using the name Terry Martin. Okay? Mm -hmm. During that trip, she would call her husband using the alias of Terry Martin, and she told him that his wife, Robbie, had died in Texas. So Mm. she's acting like she's her fake twin sister, and now is telling him your wife died. She told him that he did not need to come to Texas because her body had been donated to medical science. After getting to know Terry over the phone, John expressed that he wanted to meet her in person. 
she agreed, saying that they did need to put her sister's death behind them. Wow. How to abuse people's emotions. That's jacked up, huh? Wow. <laughs> you okay? Mm-mm. So in November of 1982, she returned to New Hampshire with a new identity and a new hair color. She lost weight and showed up to John's house as Terry Martin, his deceased wife's twin sister. Uh I was going to say, did he fall for it? He did fall for it. And the reason is because there was an actual obituary for Robbie Homan in the New Hampshire newspaper. Oh, wow. But. She's good. Yeah, she actually put out an obituary. Obituary for her sister. (laughs) Now she's doing good. (laughs) I mean, though, you know, for herself. Yeah. But that caught the attention of police when they were not able to verify that any of the information in the obituary was true. John's co-workers were also suspicious about that sister-in-law coming to see him. They were afraid that defalcation had been at play. A state police detective actually surmised that Terry was Robbie Homan and that she had staged her death. The co-workers in the meantime, they were doing their own homework. And they found that the Medical Research Institute, where supposedly Robbie's body was um, donated to, was non-existent. And also that the church did her eulogy, was not existent. So the workplace was audited, and then they found that there was no embezzlement, but they believed that Terry Martin was a possible fugitive bank robber named Carol Manning. Later, they disapproved that it wasn't her. Or that she might have been wanted on other charges. So now they were looking into her work. Well, they definitely know she's a fraud. Mm-hmm. It's just how, uh, to what extent? Yeah, now they just had to prove that something was up with her. In the meantime, she took a secretarial job in Brattleboro, Vermont. And that's where she actually ended up being arrested. Uh. Vermont troopers interrogated her. And she actually confessed to being Audrey Marie Hilly. And that she was wanted for writing back checks in Alabama. But little did she know that's not all she was wanted for. They contacted Alabama police and it was confirmed that they wanted her for far more serious charges. She was extradited back to Alabama. And it didn't take long for her to be convicted and sentenced to life in prison plus 20 years for the attempted murder of her daughter. Now did her daughter come out of it like physically? She recovered. She survived. Lucky. So they treated her for the heavy metal poisoning and all of her problems reversed. What did they use to reverse that effect, I wonder? Um, I'm not sure if it mentions... Probably, I would have to imagine, just a lot of fluids and some sort of antibiotics or something. Binders to get all that stuff out of her body. Yeah, you can flush the system. Yeah. And plus, I mean, it attacks your white blood cells. Mm -hmm. Arsenic, dude, it like chokes you out from the inside. So, I mean, look, it's hard. I mean, you have to really, like, do it just carefully because if you think about it, like, with cyanide or arsenic, cyanide especially is faster than arsenic, but, like, those guys in in POW camps, like the Germans, like, they would take those little tablets, man, of cyanide, boom, they're, like, dead in, like, minutes. Dang. It, like, chokes you out real quick, you know? Uh, suffocates you from the inside. Arsenic takes a little bit more time depending on the dosage. So to have that much in them, 
I mean, that, that's got to be painful because it is a slow death. It's yeah. How sad. Poison ain't no joke, man. No. Do you it's guys not. think the story's over here? Well, I thought it was. It sounds like it's over. They got her. She's facing life sentence. Another twist. No oh, Another way. twist. No way. I thought I was ready to say, y'all come back now. <laughs> <laughs> so 1983, she began to serve her sentence at Julia Tutwiler Prison for Women, a maximum security prison in Wetumpka, Alabama. I've never heard of that. Wetumpka. 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 But because of her clerical experience, she was offered jobs with paperwork at the prison. Really? Oh, Lord. And she was considered a quiet model prisoner. Oh, Lord. Here we go. What do you guys think she got for being a model prisoner? They took off her life sentence. Yeah, I think she got some probably privileges. Privileges, all right. Very stupid ones. Uh I've never heard of this for somebody who's been convicted. Of life. She was known for being so good that she was actually given several one-day passes. Oh, yeah. Yep. But she would actually come back on schedule. She's gaining their trust. In February 1987, she was given a three-day pass to visit her husband. He had moved to Anniston, Alabama to be closer to her. Wait, I'm still in wait, shock wait. how this man is with That's her. That's what I was about to say. He's still with her? <laughs> yep. Bruh. Bruh. After everything was confirmed, he still stayed married to her. <sighs> Bruh. Come on, man. Out of left. <laughs> Look, I know someone that was in a situation where they should have left their damn partner like four times. Okay? And I remember the funniest. I know. Huh? I don't know. No, no. Oh. it's someone from my past. But oh, okay. <laughs> it, but it's some of the funniest, the, one of the funniest comments I ever heard. And, and my girl said that about me with someone I was with. Uh huh. I was gonna say that I know one I'm too. About, yeah. We're gonna speak on that one. <laughs> and, and, they, and they said that good, good must have been real good, good yeah, to good, stick good. around. <laughs> she, hey, she must have man. All the managers and everything. She, I know. She must have had that. Macaroni cheese, man. Ew, dude. I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. Macaroni cheese. No, if she had that, I don't that think sounds, it would, oh. no. That sounds no. That sounds like yeast. Yeah. Yeah, I ain't never heard that. <laughs> Bacon I, bread. I, oh, gross. <laughs> but, but I'm just saying, like. <laughs> yeah, I ain't never heard that expression, mac and cheese. No. Oh, oh man. Not I'm at like, all. Not at all. You're, <laughs> on, you're on an island with that. <laughs> 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 if she's saying that you want some mac and cheese, I'm like, well, are you cooking? Because if it's down there, I'm not interested. What? <laughs> I would think that. That sounds disgusting. That does sound pretty disgusting, bro. <laughs> it's an ex- oh, I, I don't want to get into the details. I mean, you you hear of the... the you hear of it's the not one, what you think. It's you hear of the one where they say, hey, there's a little cheese on the taco. That, you know, that's not... <laughs> oh, God. That's not a good thing. It's not man. what you think. It's not what you think. That's okay, tacos. Moving on. Moving on. Moving on. May I continue, please? <laughs> He's still married to her. <laughs> that's where we left off. <laughs> Vagisil, aisle three. Vagisil. Oh, gosh. <laughs> okay, now they're going to hire you for their commercials. You got dang right. <laughs> so in February of 1987, she got her three-day pass. She visited him, and they spent a day at the Aniston Motel. Hmm. Then she left for a few hours and disappeared. Hmm. She left him a note. <laughs> oh, she's good with notes. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. They suck. She left him a note asking for his forgiveness. 
He quickly alerted the police and her escape prompted an inquiry to Alabama's furlough policy. Four days after she vanished, she vanished. Vanished. <laughs> she was found in the back of somebody's house, less than a mile from her birthplace. Mm. Blue Mountain was where she was. She was delirious. The woman who found her called the police and told them that there was a scary lady on her porch who was dirty, with a muddy face and long fingernails. They called paramedics and Audrey was conscious, but during the drive to the hospital, she had convulsions and lost consciousness. Mm. Upon arriving at the hospital, she suffered a heart attack. Paramedics couldn't revive her no matter how much they tried, and she was pronounced dead three and a half hours after they found her. The coroner declared that her cause of death was hypothermia and exposure after possibly crawling around in the woods, drenched by the rain and the freezing temperatures that there were at the time. You know, that is a bad way to die. But she deserved it. She, I, was, uh, I was just going to say that. Mm-hmm. Um, causing pain on one's loved ones like that, especially your daughter, the husband. I mean, there's always a spouse that goes after the spouse, so I'll take it for what it is. But doing the, ch- the child is ridiculous. Yeah. And then the other, the other casualties of her, you know, ill-advised plans. But I'm glad she died that way in a way because, again, it's not a good thing for me to say. I know. I just I'm like, wow. On the replay, it's going to sound pretty harsh. <laughs> but, You're going to get some critics. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But, but the fact of the matter is, is I, yeah, um, if you believe in the eye for eye, that does suck. I mean, her body must have went through all kinds of crap being out there and then her probably being scared and all the other trauma that she was going through. You start to hallucinate when you start going through the exposure type stuff. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, it was no fun for her as she passed. Absolutely. Uh, I was just waiting for the twist. At the, I thought there was going to be a twist after that. So. That was the twist, that she actually got a day pass to get the hell out of the prison. Mm. Yeah, because the way we were talking about her JJ, it's it just seems like, you know, when she needed to get something done, it's like, well, I need to get out. Uh, well, there, is there a way we can get you out of prison? And she's like, well, vagina, we got to go back to work. <laughs> I go back to work. Oh, God. <laughs> Assume the position. Assume the position. <laughs> You're jacked up. I'm, I'm going along with your freaking. Nasty. <laughs> I know, and if the vagina could talk, it'd be like, well, there's another fine mess you've gotten me into. It all started with that. Yeah, see? Yeah. Oh, gosh. It all started with that. Why would it talk like that, by the way? That'd I don't know. That's a, yeah, see? Sound like a, a mob. How <laughs> oh, you dirty coppers? <laughs> you mean cock? Oh, gosh. Be quiet already. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. It was open for the law, and I took it. Whoa, 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 whoa. Anyway, back to what you said. <laughs> yes, I do agree. I mean, I know I sound evil for saying that she deserved that. Nobody, in my mind, nobody noble and good and kind deserves to die. Agree. But to die in that manner after you've tried taking out your entire family... And you're probably also responsible for your mother and your mother-in-law. And several other people. And several trying to kill little children from your neighborhood. You deserve it. You're a freaking monster. And I know a lot of people say that, you know, death, you know, you shouldn't wish death on anybody. I'm not saying we wished it on her, but the fact that she got it is like, okay, she got what she, she, she had what was coming for her. My thing is obviously was mostly motivated by financial gain correct Mm -hmm. what is so what is so much of a priority to a person or 
that they need to kill for you know i mean like that many people or just keep going and scheming i mean it's not like what most of those happened in the late 70s right mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. that's before nintendo so it wasn't even before video games you know, you know, are, I mean, are you trying to get like an old 1970s car? I mean, I mean, what I are mean, we, what are we doing here? You got a point. It wasn't much they could get. I mean, a house you were set, a couple of pots and pans. And were you go. looking for like the latest hippie disco records, or, or, or? I mean, what were you doing? I mean, I, color I wanted, TV. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> with her, it was just yeah, financial gain. She was taking advantage. She only took out the insurances because she had her plan to kill them and get the money. Yeah, but. For the most part, you're just evil. You're twisted. Yeah, I mean, you're yeah. enjoying the power you have to take people's life out. I mean, I could see if she's trying to get money to go to Beverly Hills or something. You know what I mean? But like, she's like, "Oh, I just want to live closer to the to the uh, the meat market down in downtown Alabama." I mean, I don't know. I mean, like, is it really worth it to kill people over? I mean, she never said. She never said why she did it. She never answered that question. But. It probably has to do with the control and power, because when you think of it, when a woman is able to gain something from having sex with a person, that shows control and power, really. So she probably got addicted to that feeling, and she wanted to get gain more power and more, you know, by taking money, by getting money out of it, and seeing someone suffer. That's some control yeah, and power. Yeah, because she didn't kill her husband now, her current husband, she didn't kill him. Yeah. But she did control everything. She got rid of who she was with him to do what she wanted to do and then came back and seduced him again as somebody else. Mm-hmm. Well, I'm pretty sure her current husband at the time did not leave this toilet seat up. So I think that played a major you know role. You know what, man? You're very disrespectful. Just you're, very, you're very disrespectful. <laughs> what was his name? <laughs> <laughs> you dorks. How is it Tyson? <laughs> It wasn't Paul, it was Paulina. (laughs) Oh, gosh. Hey, Paulie. Paulie. Okay, look. I feel bad for the man, but he's also stupid. You find out all that stuff about the woman, it's finally been clarified. She lies to you. She fakes her death and lets you go through that pain to show back up in your life. And you're still supporting this woman? Uh, You move your life to where she's in prison so you could be close by? That's why Todd said she must have had to, what we say, the good good. She must have been rocking it. That's all I'm saying. I don't understand how that's even worth it to any man. It's not, but, you know, some wait, wait, guys... Wait, 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 wait a minute. Come on now. <laughs> Seriously? <laughs> no, listen, listen, listen. Listen. Matt. If it's someone that crazy, it ain't worth it, bro. All I'm saying... It ain't worth it. <laughs> empires were destroyed and brought down by the power of the P. That's all I'm saying. Look, dude, if I got the good good, I'm not saying, but I'm that psycho and I'm trying to kill my children, no, you're still going to want it. I'll no. be like, hey, I'll give it to you if you stay with me. Listen here. She's like, I'm just going to stab you in the rib. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. Like, come on now. Wouldn't you think like you're next? Yeah. That <laughs> ain't nothing that good is worth live, worth my life. I will have to. Literally be like, yeah, no. Well, I wouldn't take a meal or a drink from her. <laughs> oh, yeah. Like, I'm cooking. No. I'm cooking. Fool. All if the, the road, time. If the roll, <laughs> the, the roads, <laughs> the roles were reversed, there would be no man power that would keep me there if I knew you're that twisted, okay? Oh, I, I know. But, like, let me find man power but, somewhere else and save my life. <laughs> but in some cases, like Todd said, there are some people, men and women, who got it good. 
that will be like, you know, this is some good stuff. There's yeah. some people, he probably was a virgin. Who knows? Yeah, you, you <laughs> can be addicted to the opposite yeah. sex or the same sex. And, and if someone is, is has got you proverbially by the balls or by the heart, it's hard to tear yourself away from them no matter what they do. You know, uh, again, I'll bring up the Wicked Witch. Uh, that that person had me for a good five year run where I was, you know, she couldn't do no wrong even though she's bitch. We gotta edit that part. Are out. you for real? <laughs> we gotta edit that part out, <laughs> dude. He, he didn't. He didn't mean it. He, he, Sorry, he said no. wicked witch. <laughs> you freak. You cannot tell me. The yes. spell is that strong. I am sorry. No. It, it was at a time, I have to admit. You know, if we're, if we're going to have a session here and I've got to no. sit around the table and you, you say, okay, here's, here's the mic, Todd. You got you to you come clean. I will confess that. Take that to the grave, man. <laughs> I will confess that. I will say this. I will say this. Like I said, there are some people who can't resist and some people who got it. And just be like, but it, oh, wasn't the, it wasn't all the sex. No, 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 I'm, I'm just saying, saying, like, just that person in general. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just that person. You, you just, you believe into the hype or, or you freaking, you, you just, I don't All know, right. you fall for the spell. Let me slap yeah. you both in the face right now. <laughs> no, hey, don't slap me. I told you That's straight up. That's called manipulation, okay? That is not good VJ hey. or good dig. It's none of it. It's called. Y'all are just keeping, it's this called, is a PG. I'm sorry. No, it's just, not. No, we well, warned I, the audience. This is yeah, not yeah. a PG show. Okay. NC-17. It's NC-17. not for children. You guys know that. Okay. I'm not trying to be offensive, but come on. That yeah. is like to the T manipulation, the best manipulation you can have. I agree. And I'm saying to you right now, that ain't going to be me. I would have been. What? <laughs> okay, see, I, I, again, I, I because of the situation I'm in hey, now. Hey, I feel offended, whatever, babe. I'm just saying. <laughs> no, 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 no. No, it's good. I, I get what you're saying because, I mean, there's those. There's, there's those moments where, yeah, I wish someone would have slapped me in the face or slapped me out of, you know, got got me out of my coma. I should have. Yeah, if you were around back then, I'm pretty sure you would. <laughs> but it's just. I told him to get you out of the coma after, but he didn't listen. All right, get to your DeLorean. <laughs> let's let's do this. Let's do it. Yeah, but 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 that's that's what happens sometimes. I mean, you fall for the person. You think they're the greatest thing since sliced bread, or like you say, sliced cheese, and and, and you know, <laughs> or hoghead cheese. Yeah, and so it's like. Um, I don't know, man. Like, like, it wasn't like all the the power of, you know, her just being opposite sex. It's just like you fall into that that belief that you can't do no better, you know. And I, that's a all first and only time in my life I was like, oh man, you know, she's the she's the freaking pinnacle. If I lose her, I'm you know I'm screwed. I'm stupid, you know. And that was a dumb time for me. Believe me. It's called abuse. Yeah. So, but I I will admit, you know, I, I went through that. It happens. Yeah. Uh, no one's at fault for that one, but I will say that that guy right My there. Fault. Well, in your situation, she didn't fake no death and pretend that she was some evil, wicked witch. No, but she it? faked a lot, and no, everybody no, I, saw I'm it. Not, I'm not saying that. What I'm saying is, you know, I'm quite sure if that if Todd was in this man's shoes, he would have been like. <laughs> I hope so, because otherwise, I, <laughs> otherwise they'd be exhuming my body to see if I smell like almonds. <laughs> <laughs> this story right here is... Well, geez. it's sad for the dad. He actually lost his life, and, you know, mother, mother-in-law, like... Who knows how many died that were not investigated exactly. at her hands, you know? But she probably killed several. 
At least the positive out of this is that she was discovered and her daughter survived and her son survived. Shout out to Mike. He knew what was up. Yep, he didn't fall for his mother's crap. Yeah. Talk about an entire family changed. Yep. Hmm. So that's the story. Of Audrey Hilly. Audrey Marie Fraser. Oh, Fraser. Why keep Well, that Hilly? was her name because, yeah, she took Hilly from her husband, but then she had changed it after, so. Well, Hilly, Hillbilly. Hillbilly. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you for dropping that story for us, uh, Gabby Gab, for us tonight. And we thank you, the audience, for listening in. We got a little carried away, but hey, that's what we do here. Because exactly. That's Sorry about that. We them. do. I apologize on behalf of both of them. What do you mean for the part of the motherfucker? What did we do? I do nothing. We're innocent. Right. Innocent. We all innocent. <laughs> but uh, that's what we do. We're all three friends and we just talk. It's it's like sitting at a table with your friends and you just talk. So this is what we bring to the podcast. So we hope you enjoy our realness because we keep it a hundred. Well, with all that being said, we're about to get out of here real briefly with, uh, for those who may have chimed in late. I don't know. But uh, you can catch us on Facebook, YouTube, Instagram. Just type in Grinding True Crime. Listen to us on Podbean, Spotify, Anchor, uh, iTunes, Pandora, and Podvine and Zencaster. Mm-hmm. For those listening to us outside of the U.S., of course, it's Pocket Chaser, um, uh, po- Radio Public Breaker, Pocket Cast, and Pod Chaser. Sorry. <laughs> and uh, after all that, I think we're coming to an end. Finito. So with all that being said, this has been Grinding True Crime with the host, Maddie Matt, along with Todd Fox and Gabby Gab. And we're signing off. Tiptoes. Peace. Yeah, you stay away, you dirty copper, see? <laughs> <laughs> you what always. the heck is that? <laughs> <laughs>